Well, the Kansas City Royals wrap up another weekend, this time playing against the Cleveland Guardians. How did they fare over the weekend after winning Sunday's game? They recovered to be able to win the series on Sunday. We'll talk about that series win and so much more, as well as preview this week's series against the Detroit Tigers, all coming up on today's Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. Today's show is brought to you by Sport Card Investor. Hello, Royals fans. You're going to love this. Today's show is brought to you by Sport Card Investors app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned for later in the show for more info on these awesome new tools for creators and for collectors to create your collection. You're going to want to check out Sport Card Investor app. We're going to get to that later on. Also, going to get to the Royals series win over the Cleveland Guardians over the weekend and talk about where they sit a week out from the all-star game. And as you know, the all-star game typically lends to the unofficial official start of, of the trade season. Although the Royals made a trade today. So that was cool, which we'll get to as well. Um, Kansas city has a standings update 13 and a half out of the division. And then you go to the wild card, which of course has more spots than ever in it. Uh, they're 11 games back. Uh, so not great to say the least as we embark upon the trade deadline. But again, today's Lockdown Royals, your teams every day. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, we've got Lockdown Chiefs also. Lockdown, you know, your college programs as well and your favorite NBA teams as well. So check it out, uh, whatever teams you follow. Also, check out Lockdown Tigers to keep up with your divisional opponents for each series that you uh, take them on. Let's talk guardians. Let's talk Royals. Let's talk this series. So the Royals win game one, four to three. Um, and that was a very interesting game. Royals get 10 hits to the Cleveland's nine Royals outscore them four to three, obviously with a walk-off win in this game. Vinny had a double, which was incredibly fun. Uh, so I just love watching Vinny hit. And, 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 you know, it goes back to what we said about Bobby Wood Jr. And, you know, we continue to say, right? Like w- when Bobby Wood Jr. came up and he struggled a bit out of the gate, it wasn't it wasn't a question of like, can this guy play or, you know, is this guy good? It was just baseball happening to him, right? Like with Vinny, 
his average is is low. It's like what one forty seven, one some one forty something. His average is low, but when you watch him play, he's not overmatched out there. He's not, you know, he doesn't look overwhelmed. It's just he's got to find the grass eventually. And so in this game, you saw him go one for four uh, with that double. That and of course he was left on base, but still one for four to get kind of cooking a bit. Uh, Whit Merrifield, three for four with two RBIs and a run scored in his own right. That was a great game from him. Benatendi goes one for four with an RBI. And then Michael A. Taylor, two for four with an RBI and a run scored. It was Merrifield with a home run in this one uh, for the Royals. The Royals in the scoring position, two for six, had six left on. And you got a good Brady Singer game. Was it perfect? Was it excellent? Was it elite? No, it wasn't elite. It wasn't excellent, but it was good. He gave you seven innings of three-run baseball. And in this era, it's a a good turnout. Six hits allowed, five strikeouts, gave up the home run, of course, but, you know, seven innings and three runs spread across them isn't a bad outcome. And then Scott Barlow came in, got the win because he pitched the ninth, and then the Rose walked it off. He pitched the ninth, gave up one hit um, and one walk, got out of it. So good game on Friday for the Royals. Uh, good game, good way to start the series against the Guardians, who uh, are playing some good baseball. Of course, uh, Reyes hit the home run in the seventh. That looked deadly, and then the Royals tied it back up in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, off of uh, off of that coming off of that home run from Reyes, uh, Nate Jones is uh, another guy who had two hits for Cleveland. Nolan Jones, sorry, Nolan Jones. Nate Jones. (laughs) And then the big thing here, if you're Cleveland, it's gotta be, I don't know if demoralizing is the right term because obviously they bounce back on Saturday. No problem, but it's gotta be frustrating where you have your guy on the bump. You know, one of your top three guys, I'd say, you know, again, I'm not a Cleveland expert, but I would say it's one of their top three guys, Aaron Savelli going out there and shoving for seven innings, only giving up the one run Six strikeouts, getting out of jams, you know, get up six hits and, and got six strikeouts and only give up the one run. And then your bullpen just kind of blows it in the latter stages. So, again, I don't know if you want to use the term demoralizing. That seems a bit too strong for what happened Friday. Um, but it, it's got a sting, right? That's a game that, you know, the Cleveland wants to have back in a tight race. Like Cleveland's only four out from Minnesota in the division. And then for the wild card slot, they're only a game and a half out um, of this weird four team mix here um, in the AO wild card between Boston, Tampa Bay, Seattle, and Toronto. Baltimore, by the way, like, you know, whenever we're discussing the Royals rebuild, they're oftentimes kind of thrown under the bus, Baltimore is. Yeah, they're two games out. <laughs> they are two games out of a playoff spot. I want you to look over at what Baltimore's doing, and we'll talk about why coming up. But first, I want to say right now, we're good friends over at Athletic Greens. Folks, Athletic Greens is the best thing for you, in my opinion, because it's a lifestyle-friendly option. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anythings, while still tasting good and supporting better sleep quality, recovery, recovery, 
and mental clarity. Plus, it gives you more alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest sciences with constant product iteration and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting a different supplement for yourself and all of them that you need for yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It is recommended by professional athletes and trusted by healthcare experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervins. Check them out right now, Athletic Greens, folks. You can use them every single day to help your immune, your gut, your overall health. It's awesome for you uh, because they have such great products for you to use like AG1 from Athletic Greens. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash uh, MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to get ownership over your health and pick up the daily nutritional insurance. We are back on the Locked On Royals podcast on Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. I want to tell you right now to turn your attention to the Baltimore Orioles. And you might be thinking, you know, why would I do that? Why would I care about them? Well, folks, over the course of this rebuild, over the course of this rebuild, we've been in Kansas City comparing it, you know, the rebuild to Baltimore. Oh, it's not as bad as Baltimore. Oh, look at Baltimore right down there with us. Oh, you know, look at Baltimore. Folks, their rebuild has been 10 times better than yours in Kansas City. They play in a 10-time harder division that if the Orioles win on Tuesday and win on Wednesday, if they can win back-to-back games against the Chicago Cubs, every single team in that AL West division, I mean, I should say AL East division, will be above 500. Every single team in the AL East will be above 500. They don't get to play these terrible teams like Detroit that Kansas City gets to play. They don't get to play these terrible teams in the AL Central. Mediocre teams at best in the AL Central. And yet, even without their top pitching arm, you know, their top pitching prospect, which would be, of course, um, Grayson Rodriguez, he's hurt. Even without him, they are sitting two games back of a playoff spot right now in the toughest division in baseball, in the absolute toughest division in baseball. Think about that, folks. Before the year, what was the what was the hope? Before the year, what was our expectations? Before the year, Royals fans hoped that Kansas City could get to five games back of a wild card spot. With more wild card teams than ever, they were hoping, hey, you know what? Compete, fight all year long, vie for a spot, be three, four, five games back of a playoff spot, and be in contention. That was the hope. That was the expectation. That was a clear step in the right direction. 
while playing in the worst division in baseball, bar none. Widely regarded as the worst division in baseball is what Kansas City plays in. The Orioles play in what's widely regarded as the best division in baseball. In fact, it's undisputable. And yet the Orioles are two games back with a playoff spot, and the Royals are buried, and their season has been over since May. The Royals' season has been over, non-existent, irrelevant since May. So it's another team that's passed you by. It's another team that has not only you know, been rebuilding in your same path, but also done it better and also lapped you. They have Adley Rushman. Their pitching arms have been better than your pitching arms. And they've just built a better team than you. And yet... Everyone still kneels at the altar of Dayton Moore because of what's sh- what should be, admittedly, a couple fluky playoff runs. Take away those two years, Dayton Moore is a laughing stock in all of baseball. Take away those two years and what he does for the community, he's a laughing stock in all of baseball. And look, the community stuff is great. The community stuff is awesome. Um, and paying the minor leaguers is great, but that's just basic human decency for a billion-dollar corporation, right? So I'm not going to give them extra flowers for that. In terms of building a ball club, the Royals are dead last in the majors. In terms of building a ball club, they have the worst record in baseball since 2000. And Baltimore's passed you by. And, folks... As I've been saying all season long, with the lack of pitching development, you're about to hit reset on a rebuild. So it's taking you five years to get to this point. It's going to take another five years to get to Baltimore's point where they're at right now today. That's if you hit your draft picks, which hasn't been great. It has not been great in Kansas City. They drafted all of these college arms. They drafted all of these you know, ready-made guys got them to the big leagues and, well, haven't been good. Haven't been good at all. And guess what, folks? You've only got Bobby Witt Jr. for five more years in Kansas City, and then you can kiss him goodbye because the Royals are not going to be able to pay what it takes to keep a shortstop of his caliber. You know who else is on that five-year pathway? MJ Melendez. You know who else has that clock start already? Vinny. And if these guys are who we think they are, if these guys are budding stars, we saw what happened last time whenever you couldn't even keep around Eric Cosmer and Lorenzo Kane, who were good players. You know, they were good, but they didn't they didn't, you know, they weren't superstars. It wasn't like Michael Trout hit the free agency market, right? I mean, the only reason you got to re-sign. Alex Gordon's because no one else wanted him, and I know the bidding war between the White Sox, but I still believe that that bidding war was completely false and just fabricated, by the way. But we all know apparently the White Sox were sniffing around Gordon, but that was it. No one would touch Mike Moustaka, so he came back for a year. But the two prized possessions of that free agency class, Hosmer and Kane, out the door. now. And the Hosmer thing looks looks you know spectacular right now because Hosmer's been terrible in San Diego, 
But still, you couldn't keep those guys around. You think that you're going to keep around a guy who is dubbed as the new face of baseball and, and can be one of the faces of this sport? And so I say that to say it's incredibly important to capitalize on these next five years. It's incredibly important to not have Bobby Witt Jr. go the way of Carlos Beltran or, or go the way of any of these other guys in Kansas City. But it's going to take money from your ownership group that I'm not sure that they're willing to spend. It's going to take hitting on draft picks, which I know that Dayton Moore cannot do. It's going to take development, which we've seen Kansas City not be able to do at all. So, in my opinion, it's going to take a whole new regime coming in here this offseason and starting on getting it right and starting on rebuilding and retooling and doing it on the fly and doing it in a hurry and getting the pieces they need. And it's going to take two or three years, but then you're hoping you can have those last two or three years of Bobby Jr.'s control where you're actually winning ball games. And we'll see if they can do it because the Royals got blown out on Saturday. They were able to come back and win on Sunday in this Cleveland series. We'll talk more about it coming up. But first, let's say right now, but good friends over at the Sports Card Investor. Look, Sports Card Investor is an app that you can go to, and it's all about sports trading cards. And I personally never got into ripping packs myself. The way that I have handled sports, you know, the way that I've handled sports cards in my lifetime is went into an old closet, found all my dad's old sport cards, and then looked through them, you know, saw the cool names, saw the cool cards, read the back of them, stuff like that, right? But my era, like my prime, we didn't really do new cards at the time, but I'm starting to want to get back into them and, and, and truly learn what these cards even are and like how you can tell which cards are valuable and how you can tell which cards, you know, don't really matter that much, right? Beyond just the player's name because... Obviously, and you know, maybe it's not obvious because it wasn't obvious to me. You know, you might have a Ken Griffey Jr. card, right? And that's great. But that Ken Griffey Jr. card, even though he's a great player, Hall of Famer, and one of the most icons of the sport, you know, biggest brands of the sport, that card might be worth $2. But you think in your mind, oh, wow, I just got a Ken Griffey Jr. card. So I want to know what's the difference in that $2 Ken Griffey Jr. card and the $200 Ken Griffey Jr. card. And I can do that by looking at the app Sport Card Investor. And seeing how these trends are going, and it's and it's especially useful. It's especially useful if if you care about this next wave of future stars in Kansas City, like Nick Prado, who's just announced to the Future Stars game. You know, and if you want to invest in him and say, you know what, I think Nick Prado is going to be a stud. I want to buy as many of his cards as possible because I think that in five years they're going to be worth a lot. You can see that over the last thirty days. The, the marketplace for Nick Prado cards is up 21%. Over the last seven days, it's up 8%. You can see just how much it'll cost to get your hands on a Nick Prado autograph card from Bowman. A relic from Bowman that's autographed as well. Like You can see just how or just when you should invest in guys. If that number dips off a bit, first of all, for whatever the reason, you might swoop in then and buy some Nick Prado cards and, and uh, get yourself a stack of them for the future. It's really fun. It's fun to, even if you don't care about buying cards, but you just want to see kind of what the latest news is. It's, it's just fun to keep up with players that way. And I even like to use it as like, um, as like a guide for what other teams are doing. Right. So like Ali Rushman, like I might type his name in there and see, wow, today Ali Rushman cards are up 50%. Why is that? So then I go Google, you know, Baltimore Orioles news. 
oh, he hit four home runs last night, or, or you know, he went three for four last night. And it kind of keeps him up to date on what's happening around the baseball, uh, you know, some kind of league as well. So check it out today, Sport Card Investor. Uh, make sure you go check them out in the App Store or on the Google Play Store. It is fun, authentic, and it's relevant to all of your sport card needs. It's fun. It is, it is certainly, certainly fun to, to check it out and browse through the app. And if it's your hobby, make some purchases even. It's, it's a must-have for baseball fans and especially sport card collectors. Check it out today, Sport Card Investors. We're back on the Lockdown Royals Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Roland Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. On Saturday, the Royals got bopped. They lost 13-1. to Cleveland had 21 hits and 13 runs scored. Kansas City, one run on seven hits. Uh, John Hazley just got shown the door. One inning of six-run baseball. Jackson Coar not much better. Two innings of five-run baseball. Uh, and then Michael A. Taylor comes in and pitches. He gives up two runs on two innings, and that was kind of it. Uh, as far as hits go, Bobby Witt Jr. did have two hits, went two for four. That was awesome. Uh, Edward Livieras went two for four as well with a multi-hit game. Uh, and then the other hits were Rivera and, and uh, Vinny and Nicky Lopez. And then Sunday, Royals win 5 nothing. Um, they were able to muster up 10 hits and five runs. Multi-hit day from Hunter Dozier, who had two, and Kyle Isbell had two. Besides that, it was very dispersed across everybody. Dozier had a double. Bobby Witt Jr. had a double as well in this one. Uh, Zach Greinke pitched the gym. Five innings, three hits, no runs allowed, one walk, five strikeouts. Uh, and then the bullpen shut the door the rest of the way. However, the sad piece of news here is that when Merrifield got hurt in this game with a toe injury, which held him out of game one of Monday's doubleheader, which ends his consecutive game streak. So it's over. I've not officially put him on the IL yet. I imagine that'll happen tomorrow because he was in a boot, but we'll see. Um, but nonetheless, the streak is over for Whit Merrifield in his consecutive games. It was the longest in baseball, um, and you know it was, it's, it's the longest in franchise history. So you know, still credit to him for getting that far, but it's over now. So tomorrow, we'll recap that Tigers doubleheader and much more on Lockdown Rose Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Until then, be good and be good to one another.